Thank you, Matt, Ben, Andrew, and Isaiah. Um, the story of Joseph and his brothers is probably one of the most exciting. This narrative in the Word of God, probably one of the most exciting in all the book of the Bible. And we're in a, a certain episode today that we'd like to look at. Uh, but just before we do 42 and 43, we just want to get a little bit of a, uh, well, let's look at the two chapters there. That's the brother's first encounter with Joseph in 42. And then the bro in chapter 43, the, bro the brother's second encounter with Joseph. Now, I just threw this up here because I think it's interesting. It'll come into play, especially in this uh, portion. Joseph's age. Joseph, when, when we're introduced to him, we're going to have a little overview in a second here, but when we're introduced to Joseph in chapter number 37, we read that he's 17 years old. Now, in chapter number 41, we, we read that it came to pass after two full years. Now, I don't, know, I don't know if we could say he was 19 or in that range of 19 because it, we don't know how long he was actually in um, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the length of time that he, he spent in that uh, period there when he was uh, taken down as a slave and so forth. But then, for sure, in Genesis chapter 41, he's 30 years old. It says it came to pass when he began to be about 30. And then in chapter 45, which is beyond us, we're in 42 and 43, um, there's a, a little notation that uh, I, I will nourish thee if there are yet five years left of famine. So we can add that, and he would be about 39, because uh, the seven years of plenty plus the two years of famine, and then there's five more, 39, and then uh, 44 when you add the, uh, the, the whole of it. And then, of course, he was 110 when he died, but we won't, we're not there yet. So, the, but then, this, I think this will come into play as we come into our uh, portion. So we're going to have the brothers' first encounter in 42 and then 43, the second. Now, the story of Joseph, this narrative is in chapter 37 through 50. And we looked uh, at, we can just divide it up the whole uh, bit in this way because we're actually already there, right? We've got Joseph in the pit in chapter number 37. Come, let us cast him into some pit. By the way, it's good sometimes that these alliterations are actually in the Bible, right? Uh, then Joseph's master cast him into the prison, right? He was in prison. And then lastly, you shall be in charge of my palace, said Pharaoh. So that's the three stages that, that we can just, if we wanted a simple division of this look at Joseph in the pit, in the prison, in the palace. And of course, when we come to him in chapter 42, he's in the palace. He's already uh, exalted. He already has been given a new name, right? His new name, Zaphnath Paneah. Uh, uh, and there's another new name that he's given, and later on we're going to find out he's Lord of all, right? Lord of all the land, Lord of all the land, and, and that's later in chapter 45, I believe. But just thinking about that Zaphnath Pania, you know, the name that Pharaoh gave to him. Uh, the, the scholars are mixed as to what it means, but it, it evidently is an Egyptian word. Perhaps that's why. But uh, Savior of the world, your margin may see, uh, real, uh, reveal a few different things. Revealer of secret things, Savior of the world, uh, uh, the sustainer of life. But all of them apply to Joseph, right? All of them apply to Joseph. Think of him, you know, as a young person in a pit, forgotten, right? Uh, and then sold into slavery and then unjustly charged 
and then uh, put into prison. And there in prison, God, I exalted him, right? There's so many lovely pictures of the Lord Jesus that we can see in here. But we're uh, just let's look then at uh, chapter number 42. This is the first encounter. When Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, why do you look upon another? Now, you can imagine here. Here they were. The famine had taken place in there. And Jacob hears there's corn and there's there's grain in Egypt. Right. And, and he says, why are you looking at one another? Don't you hear there's corn in Egypt? And they're, and they're probably sitting there thinking, you know, that's probably where Jacob, our, our Joseph, our brother, ended up. Now, the narrative tells us that they went down and sold him into Egypt. I don't know that they actually knew that, but they're probably sitting there thinking, Egypt, Egypt, our brother, you know, because we're going to see they're still guilty concerning their brother. And remember the timing of this, right? The timing. He's not a young, uh, young man anymore, not at least as young as they uh, caught him there. And then notice in verse number three of chapter 42, it says, and Joseph's 10 brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. That's an unusual phrase. Why doesn't it say Jacob's sons, right? Well, maybe there's a hint of what is to come because Joseph is going to now reveal himself eventually to his brothers, right? Remember his dreams and all? Well, now it says there's Joseph's 10 brethren, right? A, a, a hint of the drama that is to come. Joseph's brethren in verse number six. It was he, Joseph, uh, was the governor over the land. Imagine this, you know, is this, this is only God could do such a work, right? This is the way only God could do such a work with the Lord Jesus, right? To uh, have him in such a, a, a you know, the uh, uh, two uh, degrees, different uh, 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 extenuating degrees, you know, one so humiliated was the Lord, but then so exalted is the Lord now. And that's where Joseph is, right? Humiliated, thrown into a pit and now exalted. Uh, to the uh, leader of the land. Joseph was the governor over the land. It was he who sold all the people. Of, he sold grain to all the people of the land. Verse 6. And Joseph's brethren came. There's a term again. Joseph's brethren came. And what did they do? Hi, Joseph. How are you doing? They had no idea who he was. They're coming in to see the governor, the ruler of all the land. And what did they do? They prostrate themselves. They bow down to him. Right? Remember the dreams. Now, again, Joseph saw his brethren in verse number 7. Now, they, that he was last seen 20-plus years ago, right? That's the last time they, they saw him. 20-plus years ago, they had seen their brother. And they said, well, we're coming to the land from the land of Canaan to buy food. And then Joseph, it says in verse 9, remembered the dreams which, we had, which he had dreamed of them. And here it is. It's, it's coming into full uh, uh, light now. Here he is. He's the leader of the land. His brothers, his own brothers, his own flesh and blood are right there before him, bowed before him. <laughs> you know, and it was, it was, that was the, the dreams were the reason they tried to destroy him, right? They, 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 when they saw him coming in chapter 37, oh, the dreamer comes. Let's go throw him into some pit and see what becomes of his dreams. We'll do away. We'll do away with this dreamer. <laughs> and now, you know, that's what, you know, it's amazing what people say today, you know, they will just, oh, what you, you encounter them too when you meet those that are lost in their sin and they sit in their high and mighty attitude, you know, like a lot, like Herod, you know, oh, it's the voice of a God and not of a man. 
You know, people just, they boast themselves, you know, as if they give their own self breath and blood. You know, they keep their lungs pumping, they keep their heart pumping, and they sit and they boast against God, you know. Can you imagine? Six feet of clay, shaking their hand at God, you know, as if he, they had some, some claim on God. Well, that's what we, ha- we have here, you know. They, they, oh, let's see what this dream comes of, you know. Now here they are, bowing down before Joseph. You know, we need to take the things of God seriously, don't we? This is no laughing matter. This is reality. This book is real, right? This book is telling us what is to come. We need to take earnest heed to the things which we have read and the things which we have learned. Okay, so they said, let's see what becomes of him. And so they, uh, the, Joseph begins to charge them of being spies. Now watch this in verse number 21. We don't have time to cover all the verses, but watch this. Now after all this had taken place, listen to this. He says, they said to one another, And Joseph, remember, is listening. We are guilty. We are guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us and we would not hear. How many times have you been in that situation when we know to him that knows to do good and doeth it not to him in his sin? When we know what to do right and we would not hear. Well, that's what they said are saying right before us. Therefore, this distress is come upon us. They realized their conscience had aroused them. This is the first time we read of in the narrative of a confession. A guilty conscience sees every trouble as a penalty for sin. You and I both know we're made up the same way as as Joseph's brethren. And when something comes up, something is bothering our conscience, right? Like it did them for 20 plus years. They had it on their guilty conscience. We heard his cries and we didn't do anything about him. And now look what's come upon us. Their conscience was aroused. Let me just give a little example of the conscience and the work of it. You know... There's a difference between the conscience and the heart. The Bible says that uh, the law of God is written in their hearts in Romans chapter 2 and their conscience bearing witness. The heart is much deeper than the conscience. But the, con- uh, the conscience is like an alert mechanism. It's a, like an alert mechanism to the writing on the heart. In this case, the law. Every individual... Every individual has this law written on their hearts and the conscience is, 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 is bringing it up from time to time. I shouldn't do this. I should do this. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this because the law of God on heart. And here, their conscience, the brother's conscience has been aroused. And they say, oh no, we're guilty concerning our brother, right? Well, you know, somebody has said the conscience is a lot like an alarm clock, right? It, 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 it. It arouses us, it alerts us that it's time to get up. But the thing with alarm clocks, right, when they go off, we bash it, you know. Well, I don't know what we do today because, they would, you know, it used to be in the old days you'd have something where you can bash it and shut it off. And then we bash it again because we're too lazy to get up. We're too arrested, you know, we, we don't want to get out of that bed, right. The Bible warns about loving sleep too much. But we bash it again and then we... If, we keep bashing that alarm clock, it's going to ruin that alarm clock, right. And eventually... That's what happens with our conscience, right? The Bible talks about those with a seared conscience. Well, here they were. Their conscience was aroused. I learned this last week that our government has something called a conscience fund. Yes, indeed, so says Wikipedia. 
voluntary, voluntary contributions to this conscience fund comes in from those that have dishonestly withheld from the government. Right? A man wrote a letter, evidently, to the IRS. He says, I cheated. We have some IRS reps here. We can follow up with them and see if they got this letter. I cheated and I can't sleep. Here's $100. If I still can't sleep, I will send in the rest. And, you know, that's what happens, you know. We, 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 our conscience only goes so far, we, you know. And we, we, but, but, see, we, we override it, right? We override our conscience. But God is speaking to the brothers here, you know, that they, they were, we're guilty. We're guilty. Pay attention to your conscience, right? But again, we don't want to go. That's just, that's just part of it. The, the, a heart, the spirit of God is what the believer has. We have far more than just the conscience. All right. So uh, Reuben says to them, you would not hear. You know, you're, uh, therefore, this, therefore, there again, therefore, they know why this is happening to them. Right. Uh, and that now we wonder here, why is Joseph? Have you ever wondered when you read the story? Why is Joseph being so rough with them? Have you ever wondered that? What, why is he charging being spies? Why is he going to he's going to end up binding their own brother and leaving in? A, he he uh, says it earlier. He, he's going to put them in war and, and prison for three days. They, he wanted them to feel the pain of 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 of, of, of enforcement, right? Uh, enforced confinement, like he did, right? So why did Joseph deal so roughly with his brethren? Well, I don't know that I have the final answer, but let's just me offer something that could be the reason. He tests them to see if they are repentant or not. God used Joseph. Remember, he's going to say later in the end of the back, in the end of the book that you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. So perhaps God was using Joseph to test them to see if they're repentance. How did they regard Benjamin? Benjamin was their younger brother, just like Joseph was. How did they regard Benjamin? Did they treat him like they treated Joseph? The notice the past is brought up. We just looked at that in verse 21 and 22. He, he's, he's seeing their conscience aroused. He's seeing what, what, what is happening within them. Then in, we're going to read at the end of the chapter of 43 that he gave Benjamin five times as much. He was showing favoritism. How would they react to, at, to that? Right? How did they react to Joseph when the, Joseph's father showed him favoritism? They hated him. Right? They want, he wanted to see how they would uh, react. And then in, and later on in the next chapter in 44, would Benjamin be left behind? You know, all of these things, it could be that he was testing them to see where they were, if they were truly repentant or not. And then it says he bound Simeon he, 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 and bound him before their eyes and he would keep him captive. Now, why Simeon? I don't know that the scripture uh, context tells us, but it could be Simeon was the oldest next to Reuben. And, uh, you know, it was Reuben, remember, that wanted to release, uh, 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 to, wanted to save Joseph. And here he takes Simeon. I don't know, it doesn't really say why, but Simeon was the one that was left, one of the 12 brothers. And then in verse number 28, what has God, watch this, listen to this, what is this that God has done to us? Verse number 28, they, they leave they, they pay for their, their, their grain, and now the money is 
restored. It's even in their sack. You know, you could imagine, oh no, what is this that God has done to us? Now, this is remarkable because once they desired money, right? Once they, they desired money. You know, and now, <laughs> it's like a hot potato. I don't, want, I don't want this money. We paid for our grain. What is this? That, and it's the first time that they had actually in the narrative that the brothers mentioned God. Now, it mentions God a lot with Joseph, but it doesn't mention it with the brothers. You wonder, where was God in all their thoughts, right? Where was God in all their thoughts? Well, it's the first time that I know of that the brothers acknowledge God. Joseph did many times. And now he says in verse 31, we, he says that they say this to Joseph, we are true men. We are true. We're not spies. They might be true now, but they weren't before, right? They were willing to lie before. Now, let's go to verse 36 of chapter number 42. So they go back and Jacob, their father, they, 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 they uh, tell him what to ha- happen and so forth. And Simeon's not there. For their verse 36, Jacob, their father, said unto him, Me, you have re- re- bereaved of my children. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. Now you want to take Benjamin? All these things are against me. Now, all of us have been in this situation before. Things start going wrong in my life, right? In your life, right? Thing after thing after thing. All these things are against me. You know, the Bible says, we've got to get this into perspective, right? Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works, not against us, for us. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us. Now, Jacob said, all these things are against me, right? The whole world's against me. But no. Joseph, you know, it never says Joseph said that. Why didn't Joseph sit in prison, you know, uh, you know, when they, he was cast into prison? The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. Did he complain? The Scripture doesn't declare that he complained. But Jacob, on the other hand, remember the Lord, we've already looked how the Lord is still working on Jacob. All these things are against me. And then chapter number 43, the famine continued to grow and they ran out of food again. Go again, says Jacob. Now necessity is going to drive him to go and 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 for the and have to bring Benjamin back. And look look at what he says in verse six. Why did you do me wrong? Why why did you wrong me and tell the man? Couldn't you just withhold the truth and say you didn't have a brother? Well, uh, why why do you have to be so honest with the man? Right, that's something that Jacob had trouble with. Right. Now listen to verse verse number nine forty three. Now, they're trying to talk Joseph into sending Benjamin down, right? Because the man said, unless Joseph, uh, Benjamin comes, you will not have food, right? You, I will not deal with you. But jo- Judah stands up. He says, I will be surety for him. I will guarantee his safety. Now, Reuben tried this at cha- the end of chapter 42, right? Didn't work. But here, Judah stands up. He says, I will be surety. Now, that has to remind us of the one from the tribe of Judah, the Lord Jesus, who became surety for us. Paul, the apostle, when he was writing to Philemon, uh, about Philemon, uh, or to Philemon about Onesimus, he said, if he has wronged you, 
put that on my account. And that's what Judah essentially was doing here. He was saying, put it on my account. I will take care of it. Now, Joseph, Jacob uh, agrees, right? He says, take double money, verse number 12. Now, it's interesting there. Take double money in your hand. The, uh, and the money that was brought again in the sacks, it'll make up for it. Now, if we look in, the, in our concordance, we'll notice that silver and money are the same word in the Hebrew. So the ten brothers were to take double money. That's 20 units of money or silver. That's exactly what they sold Joseph for, right? 20 pieces of silver. And so they're left to go back to see the man. They're going to see the man. It says that a few times. The man, they're going to have to appear before the man and deal with him to get more food. And notice how Joseph, when he sees them come in, they treat them well. The steward treats them well. He sees his brothers coming in. He prepares for them. He wants them into his house. He asks them of their welfare, of, of their father, and all of these things. And then he sees his, the, the one that he asked for, Benjamin, right? And you can imagine, remember, 20-plus years. How old? Joseph, I, did, I don't know the age difference. Maybe you do the age difference between Joseph and Benjamin. But the last time he seen him was 20-plus years ago. And there he cast his eyes on his little brother. Can you imagine the emotion welling up within him as he sees his little brother there? You know, here he is, the Lord of the land. He sees his little brother. He has to turn around and cry. He went and washed his face and he set the, refrained himself and he gave the order to set the food on. In verse number 32, they set on for himself and for them by themselves and for the Egyptians which did eat with him by themselves because the Egyptians might not eat bread with the Hebrews. It's an abomination under the Egyptians. Now, even Joseph evidently could not eat with the real Egyptians. Or maybe it was because of his high office that he couldn't eat. I don't know. But they were all separate, right? Which reminds me, I wonder, obviously, God's ways are far higher than ours. And he orchestrates these types of things. Why was it that God brought them down to Egypt? Why didn't God lead, leave them in corrupt Canaan, right? Here was this, this family, 70-some, that were, were, were in Canaan, and he's going to bring them down to Egypt. Now, we know from Genesis 15 that he would bring them down for 400 years, right? Well, this was the beginning of that time. Why did he bring them down to Egypt as a temporary dwelling place for my people? Well, it's obvious from this point right here that they would be isolated among this racist people. If he would have left them there among the corrupt Canaanites, they could have easily assimilated, right? There would have been no my people. But God in his wisdom caused them to come down and to dwell in the best of the land of Egypt in the land of Goshen. And there they would blossom and grow and eventually fulfill his will at that point. Now, this episode, we're done, our time is gone, but listen to this. This episode, this particular episode in the Joseph narrative, 42 and 43, and there's many more episodes, right? Which, by the way, let the world have their episodes, right? You know, we got the, uh, our, our uh, uh, drama today, right? Whether it's on the television screen or on the movie screen, right? We have... Uh, part one, part two, part three, and everybody holds their breath because they want to see the next episode in... 
I don't know. You know, every, every movie now has the next episode, right? And if you miss something at home, you've got your video recorder and you can record it. Go home and watch it. Right? I don't have to miss a beat. Right? There was a time when I was growing up that they had these soap poppers on, right? And you day after day after day. And if you missed one, well, you have to get the soap opera magazine so you can catch up on what you missed on the soap. These episodes in this narrative are far more important and far more realistic, right? Because they point us to Christ. This is ones you don't want to miss. In fact, you want to dwell on them over and over and over and over, right? So this episode in the Joseph narrative is not only intensely interesting, but one can readily see how they, these episodes in the life of, of this Joseph narrative, fit into the whole picture of Genesis, right? From Genesis chapter 1, man was made to have dominion. Have dominion over the earth. He lost it. Well, dominion over the earth is gained, right? When Joseph, right? He's Lord of all the land. <laughs> so in one level, in this, in this practical level, in an early level, not the final fulfillment, the early level, Joseph is seen to have dominion. Here's, here's God's program being carried out in Joseph. You can see it in, 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 in real life, right? And then he says to God, says to Abraham, uh, in these shall all nations of the earth be blessed. Well, in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. You're going to say, well, that's speaking of Christ. Well, yes, it is in its final fulfillment. But in this early level, you can see how in Joseph, who was of the seed of Abraham, all the kindreds, all the Gentiles of the world would be blessed because all the Gentiles had to go and bow to Joseph if they wanted to live. And so you can see God in his wisdom in this little book of Joseph, in these narratives, these episodes in this narrative, fulfilling the, the, his word. And even in the book of Genesis, carrying it out. And then, of course, ultimately it will be carried out for all that are of the seed of Abraham. Now, our lesson is over. But, you know... There may be some here today that are not of the seed of Abraham. The Bible says you are all sons of Abraham, uh, sons of God by faith in Christ. Reading in that portion in Galatians 3, sons of God, the spiritual seed, as it were, of Abraham. Never come to faith and trust in Christ. You've heard, heard all these Bible stories. You know all about the book. You, could, you, can, you can quote them. But never yet come to personal faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. Never yet come to bow yourself to God's man. The man. They were warned about the man. You have to appear before the man. The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. We're all going to appear before the Lord. Right? For those of us that know Christ as Savior, judgment seat of Christ, our works will be judged whether good or bad. For service, for reward. But for those that don't know Christ as personal Savior, they know that you, you know Christ like you know Abraham Lincoln or George Washington. You know about them. Not personally, know about them. So we would encourage you to come to know Him personally. And not be like those of Joseph's own brothers 
his own flesh and blood that hated, that despised, that rejected the one that was soon to reign. We know from this book that Jesus shall reign wherever the Son doth his successive journeys run. God hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to, to the glory of God the Father. It's your privilege and mine, if you know Christ, that you can bow the knee now and reverently receive him then. We were singing face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? We look forward to that time. But in the meanwhile, we thank God for these wonderful stories He has put, this wonderful Word of God that points us to the Savior, the Lord Jesus. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we're thankful this morning for these lovely lessons, real-life lessons. We think of Joseph in that pit. His brothers, his own brothers, threw him into a pit just to leave him and then went and lied to their father tore his coat up, dipped it in blood. Oh, what awful treatment by his own brothers. But, oh God, we thank you for the end of the story, the rest of the story, how the Lord was with him, the Lord was with him, the Lord was with him, and he was highly exalted in the land. And eventually they came and bowed to him. Oh God, we pray that it may be our privilege here today for those of us who know the one that was once despised and rejected, that we would continue to reverence and honor the Son. But for those that do not know the Lord, may they come to know Him this morning before it's too late. We pray in His own name. Amen.